MLS Aces episode 158. This is your host, Tom Sweezy. I am joined by Jason Vivang. Jason, how are things over there in Chicago, Illinois? <laughs> things are good in Chicago. I don't even say it like that, but I'm going to just, you know, I'll just go with it for today. I mean, you have like a slightly like, Canadian twang to it. Too. <laughs> I actually have a roommate who uh, grew up in Detroit or around there, and right. they would go to Canada a lot. And he has a great Canadian accent, like when I'm, he wants to. It's great. It's hilarious. I, I thought you were about to say like, and he tells me I sound Canadian constantly, but no. No, 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 no. Nobody, nobody mocks me. Well, some people do, but they just say I have a Chicago accent, and they say it like exactly like that. I'm like, I don't say Chicago, I say Chicago. You just, I didn't hear a difference. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, really didn't hear a difference there. Okay, whatever. Da bears. <laughs> Because I'm in a decent mood today. <laughs> you seem to be in like a good mood, and I'm in a good mood because we have a sponsor for this episode, and that sponsor is Added Time Outfitters. And, you know, we all love the beautiful game of soccer. We spend countless hours watching it, tweeting about it, discussing it, playing it, and even, you know, having a podcast about it. But we all have some favorite memories of our teams that really have made history. There's moments like Liverpool's miracle at Istanbul or Celtic's 2-1 triumph over arguably the best Barcelona side we've ever seen. These moments just keep us coming back for more. But what if you can carry these moments with you all the time? Edit Time Outfitters creates soccer-inspired wristbands that let you wear those memories on your wrist. Each reversible elastic design gives support of the beautiful game at unique ways to rep your favorite team in any single setting. With wristbands from your favorite teams from across Europe, um, the United States, with Major League Soccer, and beyond, each Edit Time Outfitter design incorporates a 90-minute story for every famous match. You can go check out all 25-plus designs at Added Time Outfitters, and their current website is at www.addedtime.com, or you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Added Time Outfitters. Uh, my Added Time Outfitters wristband recently came in. They recently dropped a, uh, an NYCFC one. Um, memory for the memory of their first match against the New England Revolution back in 2015, their two nothing win over them. So I absolutely love it. I've had it on ever since I got it in the mail, and it's it's a beaut. It's I really don't think beaut. you're supposed to shower with those, bro. No, I mean, well, I, I've taken it off with the shower, so don't worry there. I'm, thank thank you though. I I appreciate <laughs> the, I appreciate the concern, but it really is a beaut. I'll tweet a picture out when I uh, when I put this episode up so everyone can see. But definitely go check it out. Tons of MLS teams and teams across Europe as well. Thank you, uh, Edit Time Outfitters, for uh, sponsoring today's episode, episode 158. Jason, um, what's been new with you, man? How's life? What's going on? Uh, life's good, you know, just working, um, watching sports, I guess. <laughs> I watched a lot of the NBA Finals. I don't know if you watched any of that, but that was I pretty did. fun. I did. I was watching it. Um, yeah, I watch some Netflix every now and again. <laughs> Have you watched Ted Lasso? Everyone's saying it. Oh, yes. Absolutely loved it. I watched it in two days. It's like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I just, I, I'm like, I'm starting to turn into like an old man where I'm like, new music sucks, new shows suck. No, 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 no. Don't even do this to yourself. I'm telling you right now, you need to watch it. I. I've had I've had multiple people on social media tell me I need to watch it too, so I guess I gotta hop on. That'll be that'll be my homework for uh, before next week. So I'll it's go just, and watch it's it. Very, it's just very good, very well All right. written. Alright, cool. I mean, I do I do like that. I like stuff that's like well written, like not like kind of just like thrown slop together a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's my homework. Um, so I guess new, what's new with me is I'll be watching Ten Lasso. Um, I've been, <laughs> 
I've been playing this new Harry Potter game for my iPhone. Don't know if oh, I just found yeah. it randomly. iPhone uh, games are dangerous. I started playing some, and oh god, you just get you go down a little dark hole. Yeah, it's it's bad. Like you just start like just it throws you off. You just start thinking. They're actually so dangerous. iPhone games are like like I have to pretty much only have one game on my phone. At a time. <laughs> Otherwise, just my whole productivity in life goes way down. Sorry, sorry, boss. I uh, I'm playing the new Harry Potter game real quick. I, I apologize. <laughs> No, it's but dangerous. if you guys if you Seriously. guys want to learn more about us and not Harry Potter or Ted Lasso, you can learn more about us at www.mlsaces.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at mlsaces or on Instagram at mls underscore aces. I'm on Twitter at Tom Sweez and Jason. You are on Twitter at Jason Vivang V E V A N G. Um, I know I said I said this last week, but Thomas didn't test out his camera i said that this would be on youtube this week and we would be doing video my camera doesn't work on my laptop i've never actually used my camera on my laptop so that could be why so i'm just gonna you know spend the money on a on a nice camera and do that so we'll figure that out that i be... wore my uh, pink chicago fire shirt for nothing i'm so sorry i am i mean look you probably look really good in it man you probably... i'll just wash it and wear it next week <laughs> So I'm going to try to get that in, um, you know, that Amazon two day free shipping. I'm going to try to get that in as soon as possible and we can figure that out. Um, we also do have a second episode coming this week. I have a very, very special interview coming. Um, I don't want to drop it just in case. I don't want to drop the name just in case it doesn't happen because I am recording it tomorrow or today as you guys are listening. Um, but pretty big name, young American player playing for a team in the Eastern Conference. I will just say that. Sounds um, like it's gonna be spicy. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a little spicy. Maybe some rumors to move over to Europe too. So I mean, it's, it's a little spicy, a little spicy. I mean, um, if that doesn't uh, cap captivate the audience, I don't know what will. Right? <laughs> I was really going for capture, and then I said captivate, and I was like, all right, we're going down this road. <laughs> Well, if you want to continue to help Jason um, support his, um, you know, need to learn more words and just use more words, if you want to help support us in getting more uh, interviews and two episodes a week and blogs and everything like that and our website, you can support us and support the show um, at patreon.com slash MLS Aces. All right. That's everything. That's, that's all the cleanup stuff we got to do. Um, let's talk about soccer. Let's talk about why you're here and everything that we got to talk about Jason, what league do you want to start with? We got a lot of leagues to talk about. I think we should start MLS. I would go, old, um, trusted, true, right? That's a thing. Try, tried is, and true. This tried is and where true. we began. Why don't yeah, we this, start? <laughs> this, this is the beginning, MLS, Major League Soccer. A lot of news and a lot of cool news has actually kind of popped up around Major League Soccer these past few, uh, you know, days since we since the last recording. Um, first off, you know, sad that Sam isn't here to talk about this first point, but. DC United have uh, fired or I guess transitioned um, former head coach now Ben Olsen out of his head coaching role with DC United. Um, he is now moving into a, a different role within the organization. So, you know, they they kind of fire him, but he still gets to keep a job within the organization, which I get. He's been a staple as a player, as a manager for a long time there. What, Ten like years. 27 years or something? <laughs> 
I mean, as a player, he I think he was there for close to a decade. So honestly, he could be closing in on 20 years like total within the organization. Uh, he was the manager for D.C. for 10 years from 2010 to 2020. Um, his only trophy for the club came in 2013 when he won a U.S. Open Cup. And he was named MLS Coach of the Year in 2014. In 375 games that he coached, he had 134 wins, 88 draws, and 153 losses. So, Jason, first... Um, First, wait, besides yep. his loan. Yes. He's been there since 1998. Okay, so he has been there for 20, 22 20, years. Yeah, That's okay, so your 27 guess wasn't too far off. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> uh, um, all right, so first off, what like obviously we talked about it a little bit last week. Sam was a little uh, heated last week when talking about his team's shitty manager. He um, was ready for this moment. <laughs> yeah, look, he he was ready for it last week. So if you want to go back and listen to last week's episode, Sam gives a very detailed um, opinion from a DC United fan. But what are you gonna remember from Ben Olsen's stint with DC United? Because look, I I'm not just gonna go all negative. I'm gonna try to be a little bit positive. There were some positives from from there his time. were some positives, but what I'm gonna remember is the negative. I'm just gonna <laughs> stay up. I mean, I'm gonna remember how shitty this ending was. Like it literally was multiple years of just what are they doing like this was was Rooney was last year or two years ago Rooney was he left like halfway through last year I think did he come halfway through the previous year yeah I think he only played for half a year either way when he was there we were talking about he's he's the manager essentially like it, it just felt like Olsen was on his way out for quite a while yeah, so Wayne Rooney, 2018, he came in midway through the season and left midway through um, the 2019 season. So I think he was there for a, a total of a year, probably timeline, but not a full, like not two full seasons. Um, but yes, definitely, like we made the joke constantly last year that Wayne Rooney should win manager of the year. Um, you know, like he, the, the amount of talent that Ben Olsen had on this squad, you know, year after year, whether you want to look back in his early days or you want to go more modern with a Luciano Acosta, you want to look more modern with the team that they put together for him this year. This this team talent wise on paper is loaded and it just doesn't seem like, you know, he ever really had the understanding to get this team or to get the talent, you know, playing in, in, in a good direction. Um it's concerning to me that DC United let this guy hang around for so many years when he finished last in the league, I think, four times in his career, like last overall in the table. I'm talking East and West. And that, you know, this year he's on DC's on pace to do it again. So uh, not great. Not great from not a DC United great. organization overall. But I do have to say that. He clearly had something, right? He clearly did something, whether it was from a motivational standpoint to to stay around, to have the trust of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, he was able to bring in a lot of, of big name players and, you know, kind of well, keep a lot of players respected him, it seems like. Yes, there's constantly good things coming from players about him, from like Paul Ariola to Wayne Rooney. I know Wayne Rooney had positive things to say from a Chris mm-hmm. Durkin and everything like that. So 
you know, DC had the talent, DC had the players. I just think that unfortunately, maybe Ben Olsen just needed to move on, and maybe hopefully within his new role within the DC United organization, he can find that success. Yeah. Well, like you're saying, there's good and there's bad, but I think they just took too long to move on. I think 100%. I, I think that it's kind of like the Arsene Wenger at Arsenal deal. Like, maybe you should have let, let go of the guy two, three years ago before the actual, you know, kicking out happened. Um, but it is what it is. Sometimes organizations take a slow time. But DC United, it just seems like they're good for a very little bit. You know, that they're they're bad for a long time. They have a short window where they're good and they're you can see them competing in the east but then they're just bad again shortly after so dc united's now we're going to be looking you know for obviously a new manager to take hold of one of the or yeah no yeah one of the oldest organizations within major league soccer right now um there is a short list of names that i have seen floating around there i'm floating around you know dc uh dc united media outlets twitter etc so i'm just going to run through a couple of the names listed and um i think we might have one or two we will want to talk about but uh first Former U.S. Women's National Team head coach Jill Ellis, uh, current U.S. U23 and Fort Lauderdale uh, CF manager Jason Kreis, uh, former Schalke and Huddersfield Town manager David Wagner, and former FC Cincinnati and current Greenville Triumph head coach John Harks. So we got some, you know, U.S. legends in all different shapes and sizes here. Uh, Jason, who kind of sticks out to you as a candidate you're interested in? or you're like, I mean, let's play a game. There's two that I am higher on than the other two. You get to guess one by one. Which one do you think? I'm I'm not gonna say highest. There's just two that I would say are higher than the other two. I, I think your 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 high two are David Wagner and Jill Ellis. You're one for two. Fuck. David. Uh, yeah. So I was right on Wagner. Yeah. Uh, so the other one be John Harks. No. Jason Christ. Yeah. I, I'll tell you why you're wrong about that in a second. All right. tell, tell me why you're high on Wagner and Christ. So, I mean, the, the for Wagner, the, the Schalke stats are pretty horrible, right? Like, winless in, what, 18 league matches, I think? And that's just yeah. not – like, he clearly did not succeed there. But I think you have to also look at what he did at Huddersfield, which, I mean, it obviously has to count for something because he gained promotion with them in – Everything that I saw from that team was like they were very close as a team. He did a lot to try and bring the team together. They got promoted to the Prem, and then they stayed up, which was super unlikely then for them. Um, obviously, like staying up in the in the Premier League after being promoted is massive, right? It's very difficult, um, and he was able to achieve that. And then the following season, you know, it didn't go as well, and he got fired midway through when they were in last, I believe close to it and I mean they got relegated anyways in that season but I just think that those two seasons with Huddersfield where he gained promotion and stayed in the Premier Premier League are in my opinion like some of the more impressive things you can do as a manager Um, and then I mean even like staying up for one season staying up for multiple seasons is it's still difficult it's just because he stayed up for one doesn't guarantee um a second season so i mean doesn't guarantee it the next season no especially for a team like huddersfield where i mean they're obviously not like a liverpool or manchester united where they're just raking in money 
um, and have the ability to get anyone they want, essentially. Um, so I think that speaks for itself in the fact that I think he could be a great manager and is, um, has his downfalls, but I mean, who doesn't like everyone on this list has their downfalls. Yes. And then for Christ, uh, I just, I think like he had a, a lot of success at RSL, right? A long time ago, pretty long time ago. Um, one MLS cup, he lost in the CONCACAF final champions league. They were great. Um, one season with NYCFC in mm-hmm. their expansion year, which obviously was not great, right? You guys finished eighth, which isn't horrible, first of all, for an expansion side. Um, I mean, nowadays we might look at it differently, but back then it wasn't. Um, <clears throat> but also, like, they gave him one season with a, a new, brand new team. I think he needs longer. It's an expansion team. Look at how Cincinnati's doing. Like, it's, it's they're, they've been in the league for a while now. Not great. Um it's not like he's going to make this team into a playoff team right away. I mean, obviously, we've seen it happen, and New York is a massive market, and maybe that's part of the downfall that he had. Um, <clears throat> but in my opinion, that wasn't enough time at NYCFC to really get a good idea of his ability, um, where at RSL, he had a lot, like, I don't know how many managed, like, games he managed, but, I mean, I think it was over 200 Um and then there's Orlando, which yeah, yeah, is a pretty pretty huge stain, right? So that's where I'm going to go. I agree, completely agree with you on David Wagner. I'm not even going to touch that. I think his his resume and pedigree speaks for himself. Yeah. And being a former USMNT national, uh, whatever, US Men's National Team player, yeah. I, I, I love that too. Jason Kreiss. Fine RSL he was highly successful with he won an MLS Cup there, but that was also a different version of Major League Soccer that he was managing and having success with. Yeah. I feel like around that 2015 mark when Orlando City and New York City joined is when we kind of got this new wave of, of MLS, right? This, And I even think you can say when Atlanta joined, a newer wave hit. But even in MLS 2.0, whatever you want to <laughs> When, 3.0. With, with, with 2015, I'm just going to use that as, as a 2.0 stand mark. Yeah. Um, even with that, he could not find success with these teams. He literally managed both expansion teams from 2015. But and sure, that also a big asterisk? They're both brand new teams. And neither, I mean, NYCFC did more, but I wouldn't say Orlando did many big moves to at least solidify themselves in MLS. If, I mean, they... They've never even been in the playoffs. If Still. Price didn't have David Villa in 2015, he was not finishing eighth. In Okay, in, but how many managers do you think would have? I think that... Without David Villa. Without David Villa, do you think... I, I don't know. So, like, who, who do you think would do better? I mean, I'm not going back five years to look at who the <laughs> candidate pool was for the head coaching job and say, oh, that they would do better. No, I'm just saying in the new, modern, more modern version of Major League Soccer, he has been struggling to find success from with a short stint at NYCFC, whatever you want to argue against that. That's fine. Sure. I'll mm-hmm. even give you that. But when he joined Orlando, Orlando's City, rough. Orlando City was his latest gig outside of now with the U23s and Fort Lauderdale in uh, USL uh, Division One, League One. Um, mm-hmm. 
he has not found success at the highest level within Major League Soccer. Orlando City was a shit show. He ran the worst team in the league for close to two years with Orlando City. Was it, a, it was also a shit show before he got there. It was also a shit show before he got and there. It was a they shit show him, after. They gave him plenty of time to bring in his players to do what he wants to do with the team. They gave him more than That's enough fair. time. That is and, a fair point. And look, Fort Lauderdale is a different story. It's it, it's not something I really think. I think it's it's not something that you can. It's not like it's, an, indep- it's it not is. an independent USL league, uh, a league one team, right? If it was independent, then maybe right you have some veterans bouncing around that you can show. Uh, Fort Lauderdale is is a two team. It's going. It's teenagers that are going to be hopefully playing for Inter Miami one day. Fine, whatever. And he has had a lot of players have positives around him around the U23 camp perfectly fine and I think that's fine maybe he's maybe he's a better manager when it comes to um, international play and that's perfectly fine I think Jason Christ has his place within U.S. soccer I just don't think it's as a manager in Major League Soccer maybe it's a manager in League One maybe it's a manager in the championship or with the national team maybe it is yeah the U23s I'm not saying that I would I mean maybe I would <clears throat> I would still rather have him with the U23s but in this four names he'd probably be my second option. Uh he's my last option I'm going to be completely honest. So I think you and I agreed Wagner is like the top option, right? Wagner is the, that would be the the best hire. In my I opinion. think that would be sick. Um my second option was and I know you're going to disagree with me and I know why but let me just go through it. Jill Ellis was my second option for for DC United. I think it would be extremely bold, one, to have the first female manager um, in Major League Soccer, right? I think that that's a bold statement, and mm-hmm. clearly her knowledge of the game is is incredible, right? She managed one of the greatest soccer teams um, in, in soccer history with, with the U.S. Women's National Team, winning World Cups and everything like that. Now, I understand that whether you're talking male or female, the international game is completely different from the club game. And a lot of managers have tried to switch whether they're going club to international or international to club. And they do not have the same success. They struggle. I mean, I think you can look at Frank DeBoer as a complete um, you know, example of that. I think you can look at a lot of players, a lot of managers as a complete example of that. But I really feel that Jill Ellis, whether she had players talking good or bad about her, Mostly had... Bad had mostly been <laughs> she had control of her locker room whether fine players want to come out and say some negative things i really think she had control over that locker room enough where it was like talk as much shit as you want but when you're in this locker room on the field like we do this and this is what we're going to do successfully to win mm-hmm. and i i would love to see it so i mean my opinion on on this is like obviously her accomplishments speak for themselves. She won two World Cups. Um, but I think kind of a little bit off of what you touched on is like, you know, managing a, a national team is completely different than a club team. Just from this, the fact that, I mean, you're seeing your club players day in and day out. You're not seeing the national team players nearly as much. And I mean, I'm not saying so in my opinion, if there was trouble with like some of these bigger names, Hope Solo, Ali Krieger, a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of players came out and was like, "Hey, you know, they said negative things about Jill." 
But um, if you're see, like these, these were players that that probably didn't talk to her every every week, even who knows? I mean, I I don't know how much she talked to her players, but it, it if you're managing a club, you're talking to your players more than you're managed like if you're managing a national team, and so that could be. I mean, if there was negative effects as a national manager, the club manager could have you know compounded exponentially negative effects which could just be horrible right or it could be the opposite that yeah that's i was gonna say it also could be the opposite and be really effective if she's always there with her players yeah so i'm not like completely out on on her being hired i think like you said it'd be a big move and she's great at obviously managing you know creating and i don't know her game plans are obviously good but i think there's a big risk I think there's a, like, a there pretty large risk in hiring there. her, especially with the off, you know, in locker room issues, which is a it's a much larger issue when you're not managing the best team in the world. Let's transition to the last head coach that we can quickly talk about. I think he look, he's my I, I pick Jason Kreiss. Uh, John Harks uh, is my least. My John Harks. I just am so unexcited about even that. John John Harks, honestly, I have him above Jason Kreiss, and here's why. Hey, you're wrong. John Harks w- was not a success with FC Cincinnati when they were in the USL. He was not. They brought in the name to to be the manager to manage, you know, a team that had a shit ton of money, and it just didn't work out, right? He goes down to USL League One, where now he is managing the Greenville Triumph, and he is absolutely destroying it in, in USL League One. Best team in multiple leagues lower. That's two leagues lower, yes. I am just saying that I think the way he plays is great. And and I know you don't watch League One, but right, the way Greenville plays is very defensive. It's very tactically like pleasing to the eye. And I'm not saying I'm a huge tactics person, but I think the way he plays translates to a higher level. I think the fact that he is a former U.S. men's national team player helps, and people can kind of look at that and be like, yeah, he's done it at the top level as well. I think but, uh, he's not as like a, a manager. No, but he's done it as a player, so maybe he knows what he's talking about. But it, it, he didn't do as well in one league up. How is he going to go two leagues up and do well? He got like eight games. That's That might be a lie. Don't take serious. He got, I'm pretty sure he got like 30 <laughs> games, but... He got like a full season. It was like 35 games or something. Yeah, okay. I, I looked it up earlier. But we we also see how FC Cincinnati is in Major League Soccer, and it's the same ownership group. So maybe it's yeah, not but him. That wasn't. Wait, wait, wait. So John Harks managed, left with not a ton of success, and Ellen Koch came in, right? Yes. And did great. Okay, so again, and did great. They were Alan one of the best Koch. teams. Alan Koch does not know how to manage his way out of a fucking paper bag. Alan Either Koch, way, so this just looks worse for John Harks. I'm, but this is what I'm saying is Alan Koch was just like, okay, anyone that has a high price tag on them, just go out on the field and play. John Harks tried to like manage it's these dudes. Works better than John Harks. I okay. You know what? I'm just trying to put up an argument for John Harks here. I don't hate it there if it happens. Not. If he gets hired, I will be like this. This was the worst option. <laughs> I, no, Jason Christ is still my worst option, so that's that. 
All right, let's jump out of DC United managerial talk because that was way longer than I expected, but I enjoyed that conversation with you, Jason. All right. Yeah, that was fun. Let's jump next. Uh, Toronto FC, they're the first team in Major League Soccer to lock up a playoff spot. They have 37 points through 17 games played so far, and they locked it up after beating FC Cincinnati 1-0 last weekend. A, a great defensive game from, from Toronto FC. Um, right now, they clearly have one of the best... Defenders in the league and uh, Richie Larea. Alejandro Pozuelo is easily an MVP candidate. Uh, Ayo Akinola has turned into an absolute bright spot and up-and-coming player for um, you know Toronto FC and hopefully for the U.S. men's national team one day. Um, they just have a lot of bright spots on this team. And look, it's, it's something that we see every single year. Toronto FC, very good team. And they're going to potentially be fighting for an Eastern Conference spot and making MLS Cup Finals. Right now for you, Jason, do you think that TFC is the squad to beat in uh, the East or even just for an MLS Cup title right now? So when I read this, I was like, do I think Toronto's the squad to beat? And I was like, no. They're a team to beat. Like, they're obviously in the top four, I'd say. But I just, I don't. I don't think they're the team to beat necessarily. I think there are other teams who are also showing that they have a lot of, you know, high upside mm-hmm. um, for MLS Cup, like Seattle. I mean, even if we just look at, like, goal differential, right, which obviously is just one stat. There's way more that you can look at. But TFC's at plus 12, right? Seattle's at plus 18. Um, Philly and Columbus are, like, plus 16 and plus 14 both other East East teams. All these teams are, are good teams that I would be afraid to play in the playoffs. Um, even even uh, Portland. Portland is, I don't know what their goal differential is, but it's positive. And <clears throat> Portland is plus nine. And that's another team that, like, come these big games, end of year, they show up. Portland shows up. Seattle shows up. Toronto shows it up as well so i mean i'm not saying they're not like a team to, like they're they're a team that i would be afraid to play against if, if someone told me tomorrow if the fire were much better than they are and you're like <laughs> hey the fire are playing to, toronto uh to get to mls cup i'd be like well fuck you know like that that'd be yeah. my reaction i'd be like well i don't think we can win that like that that i mean we could but it's going to be really 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 difficult because not only are they showing that they're a great team, but I also know how often they've been here. Yeah. So, so the I think Toronto FC is the team to beat in Major League Soccer right now, hands down, bar none. Give it to me. And this is why I I can understand where you're coming from that the other teams have looked great. I'd right? rather play t- Toronto than Seattle. Really. Yeah. Even even with the point we're going to talk about in a little bit? With the point we're going to talk about in a little bit. Okay, okay. We, so the, no, no, no. I'm saying it weakens that argument a lot. Okay. But that's assuming that Rui Diaz is out for, what, two months? Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about Raul Rui Diaz in a little bit and his, his news. But the reason why I think Toronto FC is the team to beat in Major League Soccer, the best team in Major League Soccer, is because... Honestly, once they, well, I mean, points one help, right? That helps. Um, But once they make it to the playoffs, it's like Greg Vanny knows how to turn this team. The switch is clicked. Just 
Wait. Like they, they turn it on, right? Josie out the door. Playoff Josie is one of the most dangerous things in Major League Soccer. I understand he he's he's not playing a lot right now. He's hurt. He's getting healthy. I mean, that's Josie out the door's career. But when <laughs> Josie out the door gets Oof. on the field in an MLS Cup playoff scenario, the dude finds the back of the net and comes up clutch. That is what Josie out the door does. And guess what? Josie's subbing off in the 60th minute, 65th minute, whatever. You bring on Ayo Akinola, who's an absolute monster. We saw that mm-hmm. in the MLS's back tournament, and he's continued that throughout this season. Pablo Piatti, their DP that they brought in, has been an absolute thrill to watch. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people are saying he's the MVP. I don't know if I'm 100% sold on it, but Alejandro Pozuelo is going to be a best 11 player this year. He is arguably going to be the MVP. I think he has it locked up, but we'll see. Um, you know, just the depth of Jonathan Azorio, Liam Frazier, Marky Delgado, Nick DeLeon. Nick DeLeon is the definition of an absolute super sub. And then on top of that, you have Defender of the Year candidate in Richie Larea. Chris Mavinga has been a stud, and um, Omar Gonzalez has looked even, you know, he's looked even better. I love this Toronto FC team. I think they're the best team in Major League Soccer. I think when they get into the well, when the playoffs start and everything like that, I think that they're going to be on an absolute other level. And in the East, I just don't know if anyone can touch them full. Circle. I mean, just wait till Brandon Aronson just slices in and dices. <laughs> wait until brendan aronson just starts going on a whole other level so that he gets a big contract next year <laughs> i mean yeah so I, look i just really think toronto fc is is the team i think managing wise player wise you're saying overall right not just overall players. in major yeah. league soccer toronto fc is the squad <clears throat> okay that's a fair point all right, so we'll, we'll we'll jump to the Sounders now, since every single time someone mentions Toronto FC, it's like you have to mention the Seattle Sounders, you know, like MLS Cup year after year. So <laughs> Raul, I just want to I just want it again. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Yeah, just just give it to me like every single year. It's the best thing ever. No, <laughs> it's already um, written. <laughs> Peru's uh, football federation has confirmed that Sounders striker striker Raúl Ruiz Diaz has tested positive for COVID-19 during uh, international duty. We've seen this a lot. Ronaldo just tested positive. Uh, Weston McKenney just tested positive. Um, and I feel, you know, I think a lot. I feel a lot of Portuguese players tested positive. I think I saw that. Maybe it was just jokes because I saw Wolves jokes online, but whatever it may be. Um, this is well, a like tough Mane blow. positive as well. Did he? Okay, so see, other players have been testing positive Thiago, during this international break. Um, this is going to be a tough blow to teams, whether you know whatever league, whatever team you're talking about. This is going to be a tough can, blow. Can I just say before yeah. we go to like this specific yeah. situation with the Sounders, who signed, whoever signed off and thought that you know international break where these players are coming from a genius. all over the world. I just I cannot understand the logic. It makes zero sense to me, and I'm just like, are you dumb? <laughs> That's it. That's all I had to say. No. I just don't understand. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's an absolute idiotic move, um, and I know I said – I mean, like, look, who's the FIFA president Infantino right now? Uh, right? Uh, yes. I think. I don't know. This, they're all <laughs> corrupt dickheads. I mean yeah, – Infantino. It's all just about the money. That's what they want. They want the TV money. And look, it's been entertaining to watch, but then you're seeing all these positive cases pop up now, and it's like... It's just so stupid. And then they got to go back yeah. to their teams eventually. Like, 
Exactly. It, and you're going to go spread it to those dudes in the locker room, and there you go. And then they're going to spread it, and it's like, what are we doing? Do we yeah. not? Like, I feel like we were doing okay. Okay, Taylor Twelman. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. You just got yep. a what are we doing moment. I did. I don't understand <laughs> why there are players traveling all over the world right now. I agree. No, I completely agree. I mean, like, we knew it. We knew that with this international break that, um, you know, these guys coming back from international break were going to have to quarantine for two weeks anyway. So that's two to f- at least, you know, four games, I guess, um, if there are midweek games that, you know, these teams are going to lose players out on. Um, but Raul Ruiz Diaz with the Sounders is a big blow, right? He is a top tier, top of the line striker in major league soccer, Peruvian international Peru has a good national team and the Sounders have a good squad, especially when Rui Diaz is up top. Now the big question is, and I put this poll up on our MLS aces Twitter the other day, who needs to step up for the Sounders for them to, you know, hold on to that first place spot in the West and continue to be the dominant Seattle Sounders that we know every single year. I wrote down a few names in the poll. Will Bruin, Jordan Morris, Nico Ladero, Joao Paolo. Obviously, there's other players on this squad. But those are the four names that kind of... (laughs) I mean, honestly, with that four, you could probably do some damage. But um, (laughs) what do you feel? Will Will Bruin won the poll on our our Twitter account. But but what do you feel? So I saw that. um, In my opinion, though, it's Jordan Morris. It, it's Jordan Morris because I want, I mean, this is his time to prove, you know, why he even should be in MVP conversations, why he should be, you know, what his true peak is and what his ability is. And I think he really needs to step up here to just kind of prove it. I think he has a lot to prove here and he has the ability to be you know, that leader. We've seen Jomo put on an absolute clinic this year in Major League Soccer. You know, the the conversations of him going to Europe are, are coming back up again because he is in the MVP race right now. Mm-hmm. And in my in my opinion, at least he is. I mean, maybe I, 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 I think he's fallen off a little bit the past one or two games. Just he's that game against a name that you would you wouldn't be surprised that would be brought up. No, exactly. And I think he's obviously continuing to play his way into USMNT camps. Um, I think that he should go over to Europe again, whether he does that or not. That's on him. And we're going to have a whole Jermaine Jones situation again. But I have to agree with you. Um, I think Jordan Morris, this is his time, right? This is his time where everyone's talking about him. He is turning into and I think you... You could argue he is the best American right now playing in Major League Soccer. Um, sorry, Darlington Nagby, but wait, wait. wait. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, Nagby, but I think Jordan Morris is having a hell of a goddamn season right now, and so are you. But I'm sorry. Um, but honestly, look, Jordan Morris, if he whether they have to play him up top, whether they have to play him continuously on that left wing, um, I think if he can turn it up to another level, at least while Rui Diaz is out, then the Sounders are. are you know, scary as hell um, and can continue to, to be dominant and push for a Western conference final and an MLS cup again. But yeah, yeah I, agree. I, I, I mean, I also think Nico Ladero could start pulling his shoe off and dialing in the phone again. I mean, all know? these guys need to step up. All right. Like, it shouldn't <laughs> be just one guy stepping up. I just think yes. Morris has yes. like, this is his time to really step up. Completely, 
completely agree with you. And I guess we'll just keep on the topic of COVID and some positive cases. This is fun. <laughs> We've had some positive COVID cases pop up around the league. Um, a few here and there, but the one team that I really want to center on is the Colorado Rapids because they have had multiple positive cases between the organization, the coaching staff, and they have they are the one team that I feel like every single week just they get their games postponed, moved around, or whatever. It's so been MLS, like, what, 25 days since they played? It's been a long ass time. Thirty days. I don't think, I think it's, it's been. A a, I don't think it's been a month. But it's you, getting close. I, mean, I think it was it. September twenty third. I was trying to look it up. The so, last game I could find was September twenty third. All right. Well, that sounds about right. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Again, you don't come here for the facts. You come here for Jason and I. That's that's totally it. <laughs> um. But MLS has announced that they've postponed the next three games for the Colorado Rapids. So against the Sounders, against RSL, and against Sporting Kansas City, which will pretty much take them out of the month of October. Um. The Rapids have already had four other matches this year postponed and moved due to positive uh, COVID results. So that's going to be a total of seven games this year, or in a in an already shortened MLS season. <laughs> They're already at least two games behind everyone else. It, it's it's incredible, and they're still somehow in a playoff spot point-wise, which is it's weird. So the Rapids have shown that they, you know, are are like good, right? They've shown that they have talent and that they're doing well. But this has to have an effect on them. And I mean, look, obviously there's the greater effect on the league in general. There's the greater effect that you know they could potentially be spreading COVID and this, you know, that they're delaying yeah. games and screwing up schedules for other teams. But from but, a I purely mean, soccer, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, what do you think about the Rapids here? Like that. It, it sucks that you haven't played in a month. Obviously, like, you can train, but it's not the same exact environment as a game. Yeah, and and who knows? I mean, are they going to get all these games in? Do we even know? I mean, at this point, we're getting pretty far in, right? So Yeah, we're closing it, in. Also, so the two things I thought about for this was, like, A, are we going to get these games in? Are they even going to be able to catch back up? And then, you know, I obviously right now they're in a in a spot for the, for the playoffs or that play-in playing tournament kind of thing mm-hmm. um but the second point is like these this team hasn't even really trained in it'll probably be close to a month right or at, it's three weeks i don't know how, how much time exactly has passed but who knows what the team looks like when they do come back when they do start playing yeah. games again like they, they could easily it would not surprise me at all if they just like got destroyed in like the first couple games back Oh, exactly. So that because... also hurts them. So really, from like the full view of it, I I don't see them really getting into the playoffs or being very successful making a deep run. Exactly. I mean, I hope, man, because like this Rapids team every single year, everyone looks at the roster. They're like, this team has a, has the talent to make the playoffs and do well in the West. Like they have. Tom was on this from the beginning too. I just, you know, I I you're like, all you always talked about them. I Even like the Rapids. I yeah. like them. You can't look at that team and tell me that they don't have the talent to finish like top six in the fucking Western Conference. You just can't like tell me that that's not possible. Well, top but, six you don't even need anymore. It's top seven, top eight. But, well, I, yeah, I mean, I was gonna, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't even care. But like, fuck seven and eight. I think that their six are better. Like Jonathan Lewis is coming to his own this season. Cole Bassett. I mean, he went from training last offseason with Arsenal, or this offseason with Arsenal. Now he's back, and he has four goals and four assists this year. Like, 
I really like this Rapids team, and it sucks that we can't get to see them play more consistently because of staff, coach, players, whoever it may be, that just keep on, like, I guess not quarantining. I don't know. I'm not going to throw out your assumptions. It just sucks, right? Because you don't even know how it can happen. It can happen in any which direction. You can go to the supermarket for food for your family, and it can accidentally happen, you know? So it sucks. I really feel bad. It's just I really want to see the Rapids play more, and that's that's what i what i'm getting out of this yeah also kellen acosta i still love you i see yeah, kellen i still want to see you back on the u.s men's national team page. i really 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 that's like if, if i had my way that's like one player they're like jason gets to pick one player to go to the camps like <laughs> oh, kellen acosta no questions really not like christian pulisic or like... i mean i would assume <laughs> christian pulisic was already going to the camp right. <laughs> playing games for us the last note about uh, Major League Soccer is that the news came out that by week's end, we could have an announcement that MLS is going to be turning out their, uh, I think, second attempt, maybe a third attempt at an MLS Reserve League. Um, obviously, for anyone who kind of keeps up with uh, the U.S. soccer sphere at all, um, some MLS teams do have their two teams or their B teams playing within USL, um, whether it's the USL Championship, our second division, or USL League One, our third division. Um, it has come out that most of the teams that do have two teams will be pulling out of USL if this reserve league comes to fruition, um, and they will be playing their two teams or their B teams in this reserve league. I think the teams that I saw that will be sticking within USL are Red Bulls 2, the Real Monarchs, um, and I think I saw Philadelphia as well uh, with the Philadelphia Union 2. Obviously, teams that take USL um, play more seriously. The Monarchs winning um, USL Championship last year and the Red Bulls, too, who won USL Championship two or three times as well. Um, this is interesting to me. I don't know um, how I feel, really feel about this as this news is still kind of new. They did announce that they would fall into the third division of U.S. soccer here alongside NISA and USL uh, League One. Do you have any initial thoughts about this while I kind of try to, like, out of process this? <laughs> yeah, so my first thoughts was, like, is this just all about, like, money and control that they want? Um, I think so. I think so, too. And I, I I don't have any strong opinions because, like, for all we know, it could be great, right, for developing players. Um, we don't really know because it's just announced. But yeah. to me, it's just, like, a, we want more control over and we want more money over this, you know, development part of it, which so, I maybe it's fine. Maybe it's not. Who knows? No, exactly. And and I will note this, that if you guys have a subscription to The Athletic, then check out Jeff Reuter's article on this as Jeff Reuter is the one who broke this news. Um, obviously, within USL, every single year, each team has to pay X amount of money to participate in the USL Championship or USL League One season. A majority of the money that is um, paid into uh, USL as in general come from MLS2 or MLSB teams. I personally see this, Jason, like what you said, as Major League Soccer wants to stop throwing their money into another league, start their own yeah. league where they can just keep their money within them. Right. There's always every time this shit happens, it's all about money. Come on. And, that, and that's all it is. And the, the thing that disappoints me, right, is like USL Championship has really taken great strides within the past 
two to three seasons, right? They've added some awesome teams, some teams that have deep history um, within within U.S. soccer, like Miami FC. And next year, you know, we get uh, we get the Oakland Roots, like absolutely incredible. Like, I love this. Um, But it's just it's continuously like U.S. soccer does not want to work together as a federation. I understand that we have different leagues. And of course, from a business point of view, MLS shouldn't and doesn't want to give their money to USL. They want to keep their money within themselves, develop their own players and move on. But it's just like, why can't MLS be the top tier? We all accept this. USL has an understanding and an acceptance that MLS is the top tier, but that they want to take control of the second and third tier, which no one has really done anything with in the past decade plus. Mm-hmm. I I just don't understand why we can't function as a soccer system like every other fucking country does, at least to an extent, right? Like, yeah. we, we don't move players up and down. We've only seen player movement up and down, even between League One Championship this past year, this past offseason. We don't move players up and down between the championship and MLS because MLS teams don't want to play tra- pay transfer fees to USL Championship clubs because... They don't want to, I guess, admit the fact that they missed out on scouting a player within U.S. soccer. Well, like, besides, like, what, Red Bull 2? Well, and the, but they're, like, you're not paying a fee. Team. Yeah. Exactly. You're not paying a fee there. Like, let's say that – so, um, I don't know. Let's just say whatever. Let's just say the Charleston Battery had the golden boot leader in, in USL Championship. The dude scored 22 goals and had eight assists, and it was an absolute amazing season. If a guy like that had a, had an amazing— Sounds like goal, me on FIFA. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, if, if we're in England and in the championship— the golden boot leader in the uh, in the English Championship most likely actually probably came on loan from a from an EPL squad. But <laughs> this is getting so complicated. <laughs> but like, if that dude was was part of you know like whatever he was in, from a on a club whatever he scored twenty something goals was the golden boot leader in the championship. I bet your ass there's a bidding war that EPL teams want this dude. Yeah. But in the United States, well, there he's probably getting promoted if he had that great of a season. Whatever, man. <laughs> but this will probably be a bidding war. Let's be honest. <laughs> but in in um the United States, we don't have that. Like in the United States, it's like Major League Soccer just doesn't want to admit, or these clubs don't want to admit that, like, oh, we missed out on this 24 year old striker, and the dude absolutely tore it up. Like I like a smart team is like, let's give this guy a shot and see if he can do it again and level up, right? Like that's in my opinion. Worst case yeah. scenario, you'll only do down, you wear out his contract, you t- cut ties. But like the the way the U.S. soccer pyramid or peer, quote unquote pyramid just doesn't fucking work together blows my absolute mind. Yeah. And like I get it, I get it from a money, money. point of view, but it's <laughs> like it's just it's frustrating. It really to is. Me, yeah, so I'm a fan. I don't really watch a ton of USL Championship. Um, but I do follow it a little bit, and I mean, I like some of the teams and what they do. And I agree. I agree 100%. It's like, why can't we function as, like, one, I don't know, soccer community? I don't know what the word would be. But, like, just, like, one entity instead of, like, so many different pieces. Exactly. You know, it's, it, again, just frustrating because you and I are fans. We want to see the average American player grow. 
I think we want to see just U.S. soccer in general grow. Um, and again, this just seems disjointed and, and, and rough. But I don't know, man. Whatever. I'm just anger is subsiding from my face. And I just rambled a lot there. <laughs> Speaking. It was fun. It, 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 it was fun. Speaking of the USL championship, um, Jason, I know you said, like, you know, you don't follow it that or you don't, you know, watch it. Every I don't season. watch like every game. I mean, really, I don't watch that many games, but I do follow it. Not super closely. So I'm just going to quickly run through. And again, if you're listening and you don't follow USL, just just bear with me for for the next few minutes while I quickly run through some USL championship stuff for you guys. Um, the playoffs, the USL championship playoffs did start underway last weekend. It was a uh, crazy crazy few games if you uh, want to go if you have an ESPN plus subscription you can go back and watch them and you might want to watch them because again we get another round um we saw some big wins by Louisville City over the Riverhounds uh Tampa Bay destroyed Birmingham um and you know the east was kind of I guess a little quiet outside of that but over in the west we saw Reno destroy Los Dos uh Phoenix just pulled one away over Sacramento El Paso won in penalties over Tulsa it was it was an incredible first round of games and we get to see them continue on um and I think I went 6 for 8 in my picks for the USL play- championship nice. playoffs oh I think so. I saw you tweet that that's not bad that's not bad i mean not look, bad that's pretty fucking good honestly the- I was a little upset by the one because I had Hartford Athletic going on a run. I liked them a lot this year, but they lost one nothing to St. Louis. So, you know, that's going to that's going to bite me in the ass. It's, it's going to bite me in the ass. Um, but you take some chances, though. Yeah, exactly. You got it or else it's not fun. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go boring. I'm going to pick all the better teams. Huh? But um, I just want to quickly talk about the games for this upcoming weekend. If you guys can, even if you can only watch one game and definitely, you know, Pick what game and storyline sounds better and go with it. You got Lou City, their brand new beautiful stadium in Louisville. Um, they're going to take on St. Louis. So this is the Lou Derby. Um, honestly, Lou City, I think they walk away with this one easy. It looks like a cakewalk this to me. This is not the game I should watch if I'm trying to watch. This is the least entertaining game. If you want to see a beautiful stadium. Although Lou City is pretty, pretty fun. No, no, Lou City is a fun team to watch. If you want to see a beautiful stadium check out this game like if you want some purple in your life if you want a fun team yeah, a successful team purple. then 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 Lou City's your squad but I think Lou City has a cakewalk and walks all over St. Louis um here all right you heard and, it first if they lose we get to make fun of Tom for the rest yeah, of if, the time yeah look I'll make my picks here for the next round um so <laughs> Lou City um, Charleston, they're going to be taking on Tampa Bay. This one's interesting to me. So Tampa Bay and Charleston were in the same group for the regular season because the USL championship did divide their teams up into groups. And then the top two teams in each group made it out. So these obviously were the top two teams in their group. Um, Tampa Bay did edge them out by a point overall, but in their four matchups, Charleston won three of them. So they played I've, everyone four times in their so. Groups. It was four team, uh, four teams in each group, and they played each group game four times, or each team. Four wow, times. that's a lot of games. Or, no, sorry, it's five same opponents. Five teams in each group, and there was four games against. Were they what? Twenty games. No, sixteen. It was sixteen. Games. <laughs> no, it's five teams in each group. They each played every other team that's four 20 times. Games. No, wait, you don't that's, play yourself. Yeah, you don't play yourself, so at 16. That makes sense. Good good job, guys. All right, Um, we were both broken there. We (laughs) got to the destination. So, I mean, look, just based off of 
performances in the regular season, you have to think Charleston pulls this one out, um, you know, winning three of the four matchups. But there's just something about this Tampa Bay side I really like. I'm going rowdies in this one. So uh, definitely, I think that that could be one. If you have no interest in USL, but you're going to give it a one-game chance, if you're in like the Eastern Conference teams over Western Conference teams, just in any sport, then go for that one. Um, over in the West, you got Reno, who absolutely destroyed the LA Galaxy 2, who are going to be taking on Phoenix. Phoenix is, you know, the powerhouse every single year of USL. They just spend money, and they have the best. They got some bad press, didn't they? They did get some bad press. Um, yes, we're going to go with Reno here. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're going to go with Reno just because, obviously, we support the good guys and not the uh, the bad the press. Also, plus 22 gold differentials looks pretty fucking good. A pl- yeah, I mean, I mean, and Phoenix had a plus 26 gold differential. Oh, so. okay. Well. <laughs> but plus 20 <laughs> is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, so... All I have to say about that that uh, Phoenix bad press is uh, we love you, Landon Donovan. But um, Reno, their striker, Corey Herzog, had two goals and an assist last game. And honestly, like, this Reno team is good. They destroyed it in their group. Um, Phoenix barely made it through their last round game, which I was surprised about. Only a one nothing win over Sacramento. I think Reno walks on, which I would not have picked before these playoffs. But good job, Reno. And then lastly, again, if I'm going to tell you to watch a game in the Western Conference, this is it. El Paso Locomotive will play New Mexico United. El Paso striker Leandro Carrijo, he is 35 years old, and he had a brace in their first round game of the playoffs. He's 35? He's 35. He has some experience. Wait, so in... they played who before this? Um, El Paso played Tulsa. Uh, okay. So Tulsa is was a tough draw for the first round. Tulsa is super deep, super talented. Um, they got, you know, completely new rebranding and everything like that to start this year. So I thought that was a tough draw. They won in penalties. That's how, you know, good this game was. Um, Carrijo absolutely dominated. He has experience with Port in Portugal, Mexico, and Brazil. Um, he's been around the block. He knows what he's doing, and I think that they can rely on him to score some goals. But this El Paso team... I just love the way they play. I really think they're so deep. But then you look at New Mexico, who beat a super talented San Antonio side. San Antonio has a lot of former MLS players on it. They have Christian Pirano, who, if you guys don't know, he's like this 18-year-old kid um, from South America. The the kid is going to be like an Argentine national team player one day. Like, I'll say that here. Other people have said it. Like, the kid is so good. He is going to be in Major League Soccer and Europe, like, before you even know it. So San Antonio is a good team, and New Mexico beat them. New Mexico people I feel like constantly write off, and I'm going to write them off once again because El Paso is going to win this game. Wait, so, New Mexico people write off their own team? No, I think a lot of people write off New Mexico. Oh, I apologize. I worded that wrong. A lot of people, like, like yeah, they're a good team, but, like, they're just not going to do it. And I'm going to say that again. going with it. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. I mean, look, I really like New, New Mexico. Like, I'll tag you in a tweet. I will say this. If you want to play this over the loudspeaker – and you know motivate your players that's fine i'll motivate you every single day but el paso is going to win this game so definitely check out some usl championship guys that's my uh that's my hot minute there to talk about it jason i will definitely be watching some of these games you got to give me at least one game this weekend that's all you got to give me i might give you more than one okay (laughs) okay it's playoff time i just got to pull up the schedule so i know when i'm (laughs) needing to sit down all saturday it's all saturday ah sounds good 
All right. I'm going to let you talk about the NWSL Fall Series news because I just talked a lot and my voice hurts. Yeah, so the Fall Series concluded and Portland Thorns ended up winning um, and raising the Verizon Community Shield. Um, they went undefeated going 3-0-1 in the group. They had the best defense, uh, four games played, three goals allowed. This team is, I mean, so the, the, it's a little unfortunate in some ways because of COVID making it so that they couldn't play everyone in the league, which yeah. I mean, however you feel about that. To me, you, you you win with what you have, right? And they won, and they deserved it. Um, this team is also, like, the, oh, man, I can't really say I really love these Portland teams because you're just going to talk shit. It's in with Jason. But, I mean, this team is so fun to watch, and they have such a good core that's just – I, I think this team will be very good for a long time. They have Simone Charlie, who's 25, Morgan Weaver, who's 22, and Sophia Smith, who's 20, all up top, which is just that's frightening for the other league, the other teams in the league, mm. um, from a defensive standpoint, because all three of those players are young and already proving themselves to be very, very good. And then you add to that, like Christine Sinclair, who's just a legend, who had Dominated. six goals in these four games, right? So it's not even like, yes, yeah, she's she's on the older side. She's providing probably phenomenal leadership to some of these younger players, but she's also producing at such a high level still, which is awesome. You have Lindsay Horan, you have Becky Sauerbrunn. This, I mean, Britt Eckerstrom, who has been such a good keeper for them. They also have Bella Bixby, who played a little bit in the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Um, who proved her that you know she can hold her own own as well both of those goalkeepers are quite good and uh, they also have adriana french if i'm not yeah mistaken. they do they still have adriana french so i mean this team is deep and really good i mean jason you said it all there Merritt paulson knows how to run himself a uh he an cares order, quite an a lot <laughs> he cares quite a lot about his teams which i respect look because you don't I get respect owners, the hell out of it you don't get a lot of owners who give a shit and Merritt paulson gives a shit i'm just excited one day to see a statue of diego valeri and Kristen sinclair like hugging each other outside of uh the timber stadium it. that'd be yep. so cool that would be amazing i mean it's it's bound to happen something <laughs> of, of the one story. day one day, one day. They're, they're both holding up a giant slab next they're to the still, statue. They're, they're still both there, too. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, both they're just, holding up a massive tree. With like, for, yeah, and you're on top of the tree? Yeah, I, I want to. Oh, I'd be in the, I, I could be in the statue. Honestly, if you want to put me in the statue, I will not say no. I'm not going to say no to a statue. <laughs> yeah, plus, like, I will just, I will die by the Tim or Jason name if I'm in a statue. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right, let's just finish up this episode with some just general U.S. soccer news. Um, this one I just thought was kind of not funny, but I just, you know, it's entertaining in its own right. But Freddie Adu is back, baby. He is uh, playing in the last tweet. It's like, I'm so excited to be back playing this game. I'm like, oh, man. I love thought it. he was going to sign for another USL team. I got excited that we could watch him again. But no. Nope. I thought it was Manchester United. That would have been sick. But, uh, <laughs> he uh, signed for a team in the Swedish third division. And in all honesty, Freddie, like, do you, man? Like, you're still – you have so many years left ahead of you if you continue to want to play. Like, I just want to see you balling out again, man. Like, even if it's at a lower level, I don't give a shit. Like, go, you do you, Freddie. I can't I can't wait to see <laughs> that. Uh, I, if I can ever see it, I don't know if I can catch the Swedish third division in the U.S. But I would love to see it. 
Um, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but Weston McKinney, does, he has tested positive for COVID-19. Another so. reason to hate COVID. Yeah, another another reason to hate Ronaldo. As if you needed more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Weston, honestly, best of luck for you. Get healthy because uh, the U.S. is going to need you soon, buddy. And Juventus, too. Yeah, um, we love you. And, and yeah, I mean, we just love you in general. That that's definitely is a reason why. And he's a friend of the pod. Like, come on. Totally, friend of the pod. And another friend of the pod, Serginio Dest, he let some news slip recently <laughs> that um, there is going to be an all-Euro-based U.S. men's national team camp that is going to be held in November. So next month, we are going to see an all-Euro-based U.S. men's national team camp. Uh, Greg Berhalter is going to fly over. I think he's going to quarantine for two weeks, and then they're going to run a camp, and there's going to be two friendlies held in London against the Wales and Australia. This is all from a, uh, a tweet and some reports from Stephen Goff. Pretty reliable <laughs> Source and that's there. just talking. <laughs> I mean, pretty pretty reliable source, Stephen Goff. <laughs> um, so honestly, there's been a lot of US men's national team players floating around Europe doing well. And I know I'm I'm a, excluding Weston, I'm excluding Christian and Tyler and Serginho and guys like that. If there's one player that you want to see in this camp, who is it? Wait, who did you just exclude? <laughs> I excluded Christian Pulisic, Weston yeah. McKenney, Tyler Adams, Serginho Dest. Tim uh, Way is my answer. Tim, okay. I mean, yeah. I didn't I, even do the way you finished. Tim Way is my answer. I, I'm high on him. I really like him, and I want to see him continue to get time with the national team. I just want to see the dude healthy, too, man. That's Same. That's, same. That's where I'm at with with Tim Weah and seeing him back in the camp, um, seeing if he can continuously play for for Lille, that would be sick. Um, my answer is a striker. It is Sebastian Soto, the 20 year old loney from um, from Norwich. Wow, Norwich uh, to Telstar. So I know he's playing in in the Dutch second division. That's not the most exciting news in the world. But in four appearances for Telstar, he has three goals. Like, he's banging them. I, he's scoring a goal every 60 minutes. And with our options at striker outside of Josie Athedor probably being Jossie Zardis, Josh Sargent, um, whether you see Timothy Weah as a striker yeah. or not, I think you got to consider the guy as, as an option at least and just give him a shot and see. So, well, so I mean, Soto. this... this you got to call him into this, right? It's all Euro. I mean, you got to think that in Europe right now, he's the second best striker. You're telling me there's, there's what, they're probably going to call 20-something people, 22? 22, 23. He's in the top 23, I can tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he's the second best striker right now. I think, fine, Sargent gets the top spot. He's playing for a Bundesliga team, whatever. But I think he's maybe yeah. who? Are you thinking Novakovic playing in the Serie B? I have he's fallen off. I haven't heard about he him. Yeah, I, I like know. him. I, I, I forgot about him. He's a big Sorry. dude. I like tall guys, but I mean, 
that's that's all I got. I haven't seen much from him. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then continuing <laughs> continuing to talk about um, national team camps. The U.S. women's national team will hold an 11-day camp in Commerce City, Colorado. Maybe you want to get it out of Colorado because the Rapids seem to be getting a lot of positive cases. But that <laughs> camp is going to be held from October 18th to October 28th. This roster is going to feature all domestic-based players, so no one who's over in Europe right now. So a lot of those big names that we mentioned last episode will not be in this camp um and this camp is going to include 10 uncapped players so jason you are the u.s women's national team dude obviously looking at this roster that is in front of you right now is there anyone who's kind of new or maybe doesn't have the most caps in the world that you're looking at that you're excited uh there's like a lot <laughs> okay i mean you already named some of them when we talked about the portland thorns so i mean if you want to just go man i'm, I'm very excited because a this makes me feel like Flacco uh, is really paying attention. Because not only are there ten uncapped people on this roster, the four of them are in college, um, and then there's another mm-hmm. five players who don't even have like all under fifteen caps. With Christy Mewis having fifteen. Christy Mewis, obviously, I mean, she is showing how phenomenal of a player she can be and is and deserves it. And I'm really excited about that. Um, I never and- doubt a Mewis sister. Okay. Never doubt anyone with the last name Mewis. <laughs> um, really happy to see Cleo Watt, uh, Ashley Hatch, Margaret Purse, and Shea Groom all with, I don't know, combined maybe 10 caps, maybe less, probably less. Um, they are all playing well. And once again, you know, this is showing me that Vlaco is paying attention and really watching these games to see people who show that potential. And then from, you know, like the college group, um, Katerina Macario is amazing. Like the few plays that I've really seen are like ridiculous. Like she's actually a phenomenal player and could be like, she could be up there when it's all said and done as like one of the best, potentially. Obviously there's so much that can happen, but potentially like she's, she's really high up there. Jason's um, and calling, then, it, calling it now. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> and then Sophia Smith. I mean, we spoke about her earlier. Another really, really great player. She plays for Portland right now. She's 20 years old. Came out of. I mean, I've spoken about her on this podcast before. Um, yeah. She's phenomenal. The only player that I wish was there is Morgan Weaver, who I also spoke about before because I really liked what I saw in the Challenge Cup, and she's shown like a lot of flashes of great potential and fearlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's, it's a finite list, right? You can't have everyone. Exactly. No, I mean, I completely agree with you. I, I mean, I have like two players that when this list came out and I was putting, putting this together in the notes, I was looking at that. I'm really excited about one. You already mentioned her, but Shay groom, um, mm-hmm. with Houston's performance in the challenge cup. And, you know, they finished second in this, um, and she was a big producer in the challenge. Yeah. Cup. She, I think she was one of the top scorers, I want to say. Yeah, she had some stuff. phenomenal goals, too. Um, and then even in this uh, Veri- uh, Verizon uh, Shield that, uh, you know, Portland won, Houston finished second, and they weren't that far behind. But Shea Groom has been playing absolutely out of her mind in, in this second round of the NWSL yeah. tournament as well. So Shea Groom, <laughs> I am so happy to see her on there. Um, you know, obviously zero caps with her, but she's going to get a cap eventually if she continues to perform like this. And then Ashley Sanchez from the Washington Spirit, 
I really like her. I know she was mm-hmm. a rookie this year, right? Um, she did really well in the Challenge Cup, and I just think that you know, I, I just think she's super talented, and she's she's funny as hell. If you saw her um, on the Cooligans uh, TV show on Fubo TV, like she's funny as hell. She's a good person, you can tell, and I just think you yeah, know, this, this is incredible for her for her young career so far. Yeah, we could probably talk about like half this team. <laughs> you can just go into depth. like you could also go like Bethany Bowser, like yeah, really excited to see her in there. Sarah Gordon, fucking finally, let's go. <laughs> I mean, but I think, like you said, this really just shows the greater picture of Vlatko's paying attention. Vlatko yeah. is doing the right thing, and you know he's 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 continuing to show why he was picked. The after early Jules. signs of Vlatko are yes. very very, I don't know, satisfying. I don't know if that's even their potential uh, word. No, that's a, that's a that's a word, man. Hey, that's Exciting. a word. <laughs> you are reading your dictionary, sir. I am trying. <laughs> I really should buy one. All right. <laughs> Find a couple words. It no, was... I think I need a thesaurus. A, a what? Thesaurus? Isn't Wait, that the can... one? That... Can you say a word for me? Uh, Potentially. Can you name uh, maybe like a small monkey-like creature at oh, the zoo? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> They're not small, first of all. A, a rather large and they got colorful butts you gotta claim that otherwise no one knows what animal you're talking about there's a lot of small monkeys jason jason can't say that animal so we're just gonna leave that there maybe i can convince him next episode to say it one of these days but this has been episode 158 of the mls aces podcast guys i really hope what animal we talked about (laughs) (laughs) leave a review and in the review type in just the animal that you think that jason cannot say so i want i want you to do that make sure it's five stars um i really hope you guys enjoyed this episode this was a fun one a lot of cool news to talk about congratulations to the portland thorns um check out some usl championship this weekend check out some mls this weekend things are coming to a close there exciting exciting things coming along jason thank you for podcasting with me bud good times good times we will talk later